Welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. My name is Jack, and I'm joined here with AJ in the middle of international soccer season. We are moving past the Euros and Copa America this week as those wrap up. And moving on to, I think, the tournament that AJ is most excited for, at least, which is the Gold Cup. Yeah. I'm, am, I right, am I right about that, or, am I, or did, did I get that completely wrong? No, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for the Gold Cup. It is... The summer of soccer is continuing, and we're finally getting to see the U.S. men's national team in a, a full tournament, I would say. So I'm very excited. Uh, we are talking. Well, who are we talking with today, Jack? Well, we are talking with at USMNT underscore thoughts or Vince from Twitter. He has an awesome account analyzing the game of soccer from an American perspective. Uh, he likes to call himself an opinion column for the U.S. men's national team. And he's an, he's a really awesome guy, so we're excited to have him on. Yeah, the Gold Cup is going to be a great, great tournament, and hopefully the U.S. men's national team do well. So let's see right now what Vince thinks about our chances at the Gold Cup. All right, today we have our guest. It's at USMNT underscore thoughts, a.k.a. Vince. He is here to help us preview the Gold Cup that is beginning this weekend and give us his thoughts on well, the U.S. men's national team. So, Vince, how are you doing on this hot and sweaty Tuesday or Wednesday night, I suppose? It is a scorcher, boys. I, I don't know, man. I, I am sweating like crazy. I have no AC in, in my... Uh, I'm, I rented a beach house on, in southern New England, so I am, uh, I am just dying. But I'm looking forward to some Gold Cup action, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As always, I am joined with Jack. Jack is uh, not necessarily a U.S. men's national team fan. He is uh, Guyanese, and unfortunately, Guyana got knocked out of the the qualification tournament pretty early. So, uh, Jack, it's are you still... It's not surprising. It's yeah. not surprising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, are you still excited about the Gold Cup, Jack? Are you still going to watch? I mean, yeah, it's, it's still international soccer, so it's always a good time to watch some of that. All right. All right. Well, we are not gonna, just going to talk about U.S. men's national team. We're also going to talk about some of the other smaller teams, some of the teams that, uh, for all we know, could make a run to the final and potentially win this and un unseat Mexico and USA in CONCACAF dominance. Let's get started, Vince, with some warm-up questions for you so the audience can get to know you a little bit, get to know your history with the U.S. men's national team and uh, soccer in general. Uh, as many people know, Vince runs at USMNT underscore thoughts, and he delves really deeply into, you know, U.S. soccer, American soccer in general. And so I, I feel like a lot of people are curious, what was the moment you realized you really loved soccer? And I remember you asking this question on Twitter. It's where I got it. So what is your answer to that question? When did you realize that you just love this sport? Oh man, for for me, it was it, it was the the Landon Donovan goal in the 2010 World Cup. I mean, like I was a soccer fan before that, but ever since that moment, I mean, I've been it's it's like a drug. It just caught it just caught me, and I've been addicted ever since. To be honest with you, I I, I watch way too much soccer. I know that you guys know this because you see me on Twitter <laughs> as often as I am um, discussing all the games, and it basically it all stems back to, to that moment and. I, I watched a lot before that, but not nearly to the to the effect that after that game, um, that goal really just kind of stuck with me. 
So that's that's got to be my all time favorite USMNT moment. But I got to tell you that the what are, what are we call what are we calling the Mexico um, Nations League final? Are we calling it Are we calling it mayhem at Mile High? Is that is yeah, that what the, the, the battle of Denver? I, I don't know. Yeah. But that that's climbing. That's that's really climbing on the list of of moments. That was a great, and it, especially if this generation can do some damage, I think we're all going to look back on that moment as something that that transcended the sport. So I mean, that's that's climbing. But if you're asking me my all time favorite favorite moment, that Landon Donovan goal 2010 is pretty tough to beat. Well, speaking of Landon Donovan, the second warm up question: Who, in your mind, is the U.S. men's national team? goat who's the greatest of all time Dempsey <laughs> or Donovan is it someone else like who in your mind is our number one player ah oh, man this is this question has been talked about so much on Twitter over the last year or so ever since this right. generation rose because everyone's saying oh is is Pulisic since he's clearly in my opinion Pulisic is the most talented field player we've ever had um, and I don't know if he's going to be the most talented field player of his generation when all is said and done. So it's it's just really interesting conversation in terms of talent. But accomplishments with the national team is a different perspective of that question. So if we're asking who the greatest all-time American national team player is um, on the men's side, then I think it's, it's honestly a goalkeeper. Um, my mm. opinion would be Tim Howard. Um, All right. But uh, because that's just in my opinion, Tim Howard has has been um, has been the most accomplished player to to in both the club and country, um, in my opinion, for the USMNT. But um, field players, I mean, my all time favorite was Clint Dempsey. So uh, I'm going to have to be biased towards him. I know a lot of people would say Donovan. Yeah, I mean, I am. I'm right there with you. I think. I think for me, I, I grew up when Clint Dempsey was in Fulham. Well, obviously I grew up with uh, Donovan too, but I, I really got into soccer with Dempsey with Fulham when he moved to Seattle. I was right there with him. So I'm, I'm definitely yeah. right there with you there. Uh, and to bring us back to that 2021 uh, nations league final, that kind of ties into the last of our warm up questions. I want you to rank these three following wins for the U S men's national team. Number one, the 2002 World Cup round of 16, the Dos Acero against Mexico. Number two, the 2009 Confederations Cup semifinal 2-0 against Spain. And three, the 2021 Nations League final, which is 3-2 against Mexico. You can rank them in whatever way you want, but rank those three. Dos Acero is number one. Um, okay. I don't think that that's a question. Just the stakes that were for that game. I mean, like, the fact that we, <laughs> I it just just the the against your biggest rival and at that stage, um, something Mexico hasn't been able to do get to that get to that fifth game. Yeah, um, <laughs> and we beat them, just shattering the. I mean, that was just the greatest thing for me personally. But um, the the 2009 Confederation Cup up against against Spain um, is probably right now too. And I would say the nation's league is a close third, but this is where that caveat of what I'd said before, let's see what this generation does, because if this, if, if we can really, um, you know, grow as a team and accomplish some incredible things that we've never, that we've never done before as a team, that is going to be the moment that, that really started it all. Um, and started the snowball effect, in my opinion. 
So I think that that will, will rise above the Spain game because a lot of people took the Spain game as that watershed moment for that generation of saying, mm-hmm. okay, so this is the moment where U.S. soccer takes its rightful place um, uh, among the elites in soccer. And it just never happened. I mean, we, we got to the knockout st- stage in the 2010 World Cup, but it, we didn't go any further than that. Um, lost to Ghana, you know, fast forward four years, we, we get out of the group of death, but we lose to Belgium. So, I mean, like we, we really haven't taken that next step. Um, so that Spain game seems more of an isolated moment in time versus a springboard for something more like a lot of people I think thought it was. So if we can start to, to shatter some of those barriers that we've had and get progress a little bit further in these tournaments, maybe we get invited to a Copa America, do some damage there. Then, then I think that that's where we're going to look back at that Mexico game um, and and understand that that was kind of the springboard to all of it. And I, I, that's when I think it, it rises above Spain. All right. So 2002 first, 2009 second, and 2021 third, at least right now. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. And keep in mind that Spain team was likely the greatest national team of all time. So yeah, I mean, the, 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 it was just a massive upset. But I do think that at some point it might fall to third in that list that you just mentioned, just because um, it seems like an isolated, uh, an isolated upset versus something more. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I guess in a couple of years, we'll look back and hopefully that 2021 nations league final is the start of world dominance for the U S men's national team. That's what I'm hoping for at least, but let's get into We're all hoping that. Yeah Jack, yeah, Jack. By the way, we're we're going to convert you, man. We're, you're going to become a national team fan. As you keep oh. talking to me, it's going to happen. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I support I support the U.S. because I live here as well. So yeah, it's it's just not. I'm just not as familiar with it. I guess is the is the best way to put it. Well, Jack, if it's USA versus France, who are you taking? <laughs> uh, I, I think I'd probably go for USA actually in that. Okay. One. I, I That's think what I'd I would. Hear. Okay. I, because, Start. yeah. I, I mean, as soon as Giroud retires, I think my, my, uh, my liking towards France will go a little bit down, like about 50%, because he's the, he's the reason why I like him so much. I mean, how can, how can you hate Olivier Giroud? Just look exactly. at the man. I mean, he's, yeah. he's what all of us want to be. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I respect him and I respect you, Jack, for 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 finally saying that you would take USA over France. And for that, I'm going to give you the honors to ask the very first question for our right. Gold Cup discussion. All right. So let's jump into it with the thing that set USMNT Twitter on fire uh, about a week ago, the roster. <laughs> uh, so. There, it's split up into four different sections, goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders, and forwards. So Vince, what do you like and dislike about this roster by each of those position groups? If you, if you don't have much to say about one of them, that's fine. But you know, what, what's, what's the big, the, the likes and dislikes from these, I guess. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, is there ever a roster drop that doesn't set Twitter alight? I mean, like seriously, <laughs> yeah. every, every single time it feels like the world was burning down from every single roster release for the U.S., with the exception of maybe that Nations League roster. I think everybody kind of loved that one, and we won a tournament with it, so maybe they, the coaching staff should listen to Twitter. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I'll caveat this with saying I understand 
why the roster is what it is. And I, I said this on Twitter. I was like, can we not get super upset? Cause we all know what this roster is going to be. There are some things I would do differently. Um, and I, I picked out a couple by position, like you guys um, were thinking about. So for, we'll start with goalkeeper. I, I'm not exactly positive why Brad Guzan's on the team. Sure. You know, I, I respect his career. I think he's, he, you know, he's, he's done very well. I know a lot of Atlanta fans that say he's been having a good season, even though he had a really bad one last year. I mean, he, what is he? He's a third goalkeeper. I, I mean, I, I would, I think the Burhalter ranks Sean Johnson ahead of him at this point. Sean Johnson's been the number two for a little bit until Matt Turner's rise. I, I am 99.9% positive positive that Matt Turner is going to start every match at the Gold Cup. So assuming that Sean Johnson's the backup, Brad Guzan's there as a third keeper. And I just don't like the veteran third keeper roster spot. I, I would rather a, a young keeper that can kind of learn um, be that third that third keeper that is we, we know is not going to get playing time, but um, is just kind of brought along for the experience. So I'm, I'm not exactly positive why David Ochoa is not there. They probably thought that he he would he would benefit from just getting some playing time at RSL and and that's likely why he's not there. But I just kind of disagree with that um, whole premise. I would have brought him. How about uh, defenders? Uh, not a lot of uh, crazy names in terms of excitement, um, except for maybe Miles Robinson, George Bello, and Shaq Moore. Does anything really stand out to you in the defense? I think that I, it's surprising to me that Shaq Moore surprised me. Um, not to say I disliked the call up. I just wasn't expecting to see him. Right. Um, similarly, with, similarly with Donovan Pines, he's having a fine season at DC United, but I, I, I wasn't really positive. He's national team material at this point. So maybe this is just kind of kicking the tires and seeing what his potential is like. I know he's not going to start. He, I think Berhalter's already said that Miles Robinson and Walker Zimmerman, Walker Zimmerman are going to start. Um, I agree with that. Uh, just in my assessment of where the pool stands, I think those are the best two players available in MLS that are not injured. Um, liked James Sands' call-up. I, I, I get that he's listed as a defender because he's been playing there for NYCFC this season, but I think he's kind of a cross between a center back and a, and a D-mid. I'd like to see him in both areas, if possible, during the Gold Cup. Um, but but I mean the big omission I guess is is Justin Che. Um, I again with the same thing with David Ochoa they probably thought it was better for him to get minutes at FCD, but I I just he's the highest ceiling guy that was available. Why not give him a call? Uh, and in terms of midfielders, we have Busio who's um, pretty uh big in terms of the potential ratings uh, on this team, as well as Eric Williamson, but obviously. You know, U.S. men's national team Twitter really blew up against Jackson Ewell, Kellen Acosta, Christian Roldan. Are you on that same boat or do you kind of do you kind of at least understand what Burhalter is, I guess, trying to do with those veteran presences? This is pretty much exactly what I was expecting it to be. So I'll, ca- I'll caveat my response with that. I, I, I knew that Christian Roldan was going to get called. I don't think he's national team material at this point. Um, and it's not that I don't think that Christian Roldan is a good player. I do. I don't think he fits the system here at all. He's, he's kind of just that energy guy. He needs to, he needs to play a double pivot, you know, next to somebody else. I think that's his best position in Seattle. He's not a, he's not a 10, um, you know, he's not a creative type eight either. Mm-hmm. And I think that that Berhalter's eights need to be somewhat creative. 
he's just more of an energy guy. I think he's more of a cross of a, of a six and an eight. And I think he plays a little bit deeper and needs to play in a double pivot because he's not strong enough to do it by himself. And when you have that kind of player profile, I just don't think he fits in with this team. Um, so I think he's a very good MLS player. I know knocks on him. I know he does very good for Seattle. I lived in Seattle for a while. Um, saw a lot of their games. I think he's intricate, integral to what they do. I just don't really see him fitting in with this team. And, and I'm not positive why he, he keeps getting called. Um, you know, Sebastian legit's a staple. He's available. He's going to play. He's, oh, yeah. he, he's this weird position where I think he's better than, than a typical MLS guy. And he's not quite good enough for top five Europe. So like have him in every single USMNT camp you can, because that's the competitive minutes he needs to be getting regularly anyway. So I, I get why he gets, gets called to every single camp because you're not really worried about him missing galaxy games. Cause he doesn't learn from him anyway. Um, Kellen Acosta is interesting. I think that, you know, we're still learning a little bit what his long-term player profile looks like um, as he's just now playing the six for basically the first time. But, you know, Busio is the guy that I think everybody's interested to see. I, I want to see how Berhalter utilizes him. Does he use him as a six? Does he use him as an eight? Does he use him as both? I think he'll probably have him in both spots throughout the tournament. Um, but he was the must call here and, and I'm glad that they did it. Now that we've talked about midfielders onto the forwards and obviously there's a new call up in here, Matthew Hoppy. And then also, you know, there's some, a little bit of hate directed towards one person in particular in the <laughs> forwards list. Uh, so what's your opinion on that whole situation and just the forwards in general? Well, we all knew Giassi's artist was going to get picked, right? Like it, it's, it was, it was going to happen. Um, I know a lot of hate has been put towards Jonathan Lewis and I think that, you know, hate's not the right word, but I think that they're right. Um, I don't understand why you call in a, a, a bench guy for an okay MLS team for a national team camp. I don't think that that merits a call up at this point. He plays a very particular role. Um, you know, if, if you're thinking of taken, like he has a very particular set of skills. <laughs> and it, I don't really think that he uh, that he does it well enough to to really merit a call up. I mean, what is he? He's an energy guy off the bench. He has some speed. He can get behind the line. Does he do it well enough to to you know merit a call up? He doesn't even do well enough to to consistently play for Colorado. So um, I don't really get it. I would have much rather seen um, you know uh, Cade Cowell in that position. I would have much rather seen Caden Clark. Although I I understand he just has it had appendicitis or, or whatever he's getting over at this point. Um, so obviously there are some of the players in the, in the pool that are on the younger side that I think could have gotten called over Jonathan Lewis. I think we know what Jonathan Lewis is and what his ceiling is at this point. And I'm not positive why he still gets looks. Uh, especially when you consider that not even Kate Cowell, but even if you want to go a little bit older with Chris Mueller, perhaps like that, that yeah. definitely would have been in my mind, a, a better call up. That's a really good shout. I, I would have called Chris Mueller ahead of Jonathan Lewis as well. You know, speaking of about, you know, the wings and uh, the lack of a particular skill there, I would say, what would you say would be the strengths and weaknesses of this team? Because when I look at it in first glance, like many other U.S. MNT fans, I see not a lot of room for creativity. Mm. And just like with our failure at the Olympic qualifications, that could be a concern. Did you still believe in this team to create some uh, chances like that? Like, or do you see that as a weakness as well? Oh, no, I totally agree. Um, I think okay. the strengths of this team is at the back. I think 
you know, we're not going to be worried about Matt Turner. In fact, he's probably going to come up with some crucial saves throughout this Turner, uh, throughout this tournament. Um, and, uh, I think that the, you know, the center backs are, are strong. Um, you know, I'm higher on Walker Zimmerman than I think a lot of other people are specifically as a defender. I get that he doesn't play out of the back as well as others. Um, but I think that he's, he's done a really fabulous job for Nashville. Um, and I, I, I think he'll, he'll do just fine, really high on miles Robinson. He might be the biggest, um, you know, underrated guy in the pool at this point. A lot of people overlook him when they talk about the center back position and not to say that I think he should be over some of the young guys like Chris Richards or Justin Shea moving forward. I just think he's a very solid option and and he'll probably be a depth guy in the pool for, for the foreseeable future for at least the next three or four years outside back. Love George Bellow. Um, you know, I'm really excited to see what he can do on the left. Sam Vines is what he is. I think he's fine. Um, I don't think he's going to be a weakness on this team. Reggie Cannon will probably start out right. So, um, that's obviously going to be a strength for the team. So everything with the back line, I think is going to do really well, but you're right. Like creativity is, is what is a problem. If you're starting Christian rolled on as an eight, there's no creativity there. I'm just, I'm sorry. (laughs) Just, he doesn't really have it in his bag. He's not, he's not a very creative type player. You know he's a workman, and that's that's fine, but it just doesn't really fit the fit the team. You know, Busio is is okay. I think he's better playing deep, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to play him um, more forward. So it's just going to be a little bit interesting to see how he how he does. I think that's where you're kind of banking on some of your creativity in midfield. Um, I'm really high on Eric Williamson too, from an MLS standpoint. So we'll, we'll see what those two guys can bring. I think that that's where a lot of the creativity is going to come from Busio Williamson and legit. But, um, again, legit's more of a connector versus a creator. So I, I don't necessarily see, see a lot of creativity coming from him either. So, yeah, we'll see. It's just going to be going to have to be a workman team. We're going to have to have to rely on the system a little bit to get us by that that was a pretty good analysis for all the strengths and weaknesses but obviously if there's weaknesses there might be some points that you might have wanted to see improved a little bit or maybe a little different so we talked about this a little in the first question but who else would you have wanted to see on this roster for the gold cup yeah and i mean i i name dropped a few like you said um I understand Caden Clark was has appendicitis and I know that Burhalter said, had he not, he would have been called into this tournament. So I just think that that's a shame rather than like a critical decision on the coaching staff. I get that you don't want to rush a guy coming back from something like that, that you want him to be around his doctors. So um, I just think that that's a shame. I think he could have done some real damage in this tournament. Cade Cowell should have been called. He's, he's a better player than, Jonathan Lewis, he's a better player at this point than Paul Areola. You know, I, I don't know if he's a better player than Nicholas Giacchini, but it, it, he's Nicholas Giacchini didn't have a great season in league in league de in France. So like, I just, I, I don't exactly know what kind of player Nicholas Giacchini is. He's one of those that's like, he's playing in Europe. Yeah. But he hasn't really produced at the club side yet in a lower division. So is he as good as some of the guys in MLS? I don't know the answer to that. And I think we'll f- probably find out a little bit about him um, in this tournament. But Cade Cowell is producing regularly for a bad team in MLS. Um, you know, what happens when you put him on a solid team or around players that are at least at, at, at or above his level? I'd like to see what that looks like. So I think that that's the big miss um, from the coaching staff. And just in terms of like, you know, the creativity, again, the midfield's pretty much what I expected it to be. I'm just kind of interested to see how the parts play together. We, we don't really have, outside of 
some of these young guys. We don't have a ton of creativity in midfield um, playing domestically at this point. I, I have some other names here. So in general, are, are you mad that some of these names didn't come out here? Or maybe not mad, it's not the right term, but disappointed that the likes of Leon Flatch, Paxton Pomacall, Tanner Tessman, Moses Nyman, Jesus Ferreira, uh, I can go on to uh, some other names, I guess, like Julian Green or Luca Della Torre, even though they turned down uh, the call up for some other reasons. Yeah, let's let's throw out Luca Della Torre and Julian Green because I, I my information says that they did turn down a call up. So they, yeah. they would have been on this team had they been there. I, I think they understand there's not a ton of creativity here and those guys probably could have provided it, but they turned it down. So you kind of left out. Throw out Caden Clark again. He had a right. say they made a good decision on that. Um, you mentioned a few others, Moses Nyman, his, his passport literally just came through. So I, I, I think he's going to be a factor in this moving forward. I'm glad that they pulled him up to at least train mm-hmm. with the team, yeah. sort of how they had DK and, and Brian Reynolds at nations league. Um, so I think that that was a, a good call because they, they, they want to go ahead and start integrating him. I'm super high on him. I think his ceiling is, is massive. Hey, you mentioned, uh, Leon Flack. I, I I wanted to see him. I'm not angry he wasn't called. I think we know what Jackson Ewell is, so I probably would have left Jackson Ewell at home and just just gone with Leon Flack, Busio, and just to kind of see what I can do. If you if you're throwing it this tournament in, in the trash, I'm just saying like we are not calling up any of our A squad, which they're not doing. We're not calling up most of our backups that we'll probably mm-hmm. be using in World Cup qualifiers, and this is mainly an exercise to just see how deep the pool is. I'm not positive why you call Jackson Ewell. Um, he's not going to make a, a significant impact for you. We already know that he's, he's going to be a guy, you know, replacement level guy, if I'm going to use a basement baseball term. So, so like if, if I was Burhalter and, and the coaching staff, I would have called Flack just to see if I can have above level, above replacement level um, in somebody. And, and I know that I've Kellen Acosta to lean on if I need it. So, you know, I, I, that's what I would have done, but I wouldn't characterize myself as angry. I just think it's a missed opportunity. Well, there's a lot, there's still, you know, to be fair, a lot to be excited about on this roster. So it's not like we can be uh, too upset on the inclusions here. So in general, who do you think is going to have a breakout tournament? We have a lot of players who have a lot to gain through a very good gold cup performance, I suppose, whether that's to get a move to Europe or just to cement their spot on this U.S. men's national team, who in your mind has the most to gain and will gain in this tournament? Well, Daryl DK can, can become the starting nine in this tournament. So he has the most to gain in my opinion. Um, he's, that's the position that really you're kind of looking at and saying somebody can earn a starting job. Um, somebody that's on the roster can do enough and earn a starting job if they if they do well enough in this tournament. So he's got the most to gain. I, I'm obviously looking at Jean-Luc Busio, especially if they play him at the six. We we know this like it's not it, the the backup six is not set in stone. Somebody with with at least a roster spot to gain uh, in World Cup qualifying. I'm also looking at George Bello just because I think that he's he's for one reason or another hasn't impressed the coaching staff enough when he's been called. I'm not exactly positive what that is. I don't know if it's his work ethic. I don't know if it's his style. I don't know if it just hasn't, you know, he just, his performances just haven't been up to snuff to this point, but I think he's a super high ceiling guy in a position that's not settled. Um, we, we keep deciding whether or not we're going to play Sergio Dest on the left, just because we're not positive. Mm-hmm. Anthony Robinson is the long-term fit. 
I like Anthony Robinson, by the way. I just know the coaching staff isn't set on him being the everyday starter. So George Bell has got an opportunity at his hands to to kind of rise above Sam Vines in the pecking order and get a and get a roster spot uh, for World Cup qualifying. So I, I'm looking at him. I think he's a he's a Europe kind of guy, Europe level talent. So um, you know, I I'm I'm watching him as well. And then Matthew Hoppy. You know, I, I think that he's going to be played at, on the left. I think he's going to be played played as an inverted winger um, off of DK. And it's interesting because I think it, it think right now the pecking order on the wings is Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, and then Brendan Aronson is basically fighting with, with the level he's playing at. I think, you know, he's pushing himself to try to be in the starter conversation, um, you know, with Pulisic and, um, you know, specifically if, if you don't really buy in that rain is a true wing, which I think a lot of people, you know, would rather see him central. So Hoppy's got an opportunity, you know, can he be better than, than Morris? Uh, right. Because I think at this point, if Morris is healthy, he's the fourth wing on the team and that's not a long-term option. So you've got to have some other people to kind of step up into that role. And that's another reason, again, why I'm upset that, that Kate Caledon could call it because that's somebody that could have earned that spot as well. How about Matt Turner? Do you think that he could play himself into a number two or even potentially in the conversation to be the number one goalkeeper for this team. No, not, not a number one. So we can throw that out immediately. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm I'm in new, I'm I'm in new England. So I know I might get a lot of heat for this, Um, but, but I, I don't buy into that. I think Matt Turner is a very good goalkeeper. Um, He's specifically a, a great shot stopper. He doesn't play well enough with his feet to play a, a number one role in this system. He just doesn't. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that he's, he's getting better at that aspect of his game. I don't know necessarily if he's ever going to be a number one for this team with the way that he plays. I just, I just don't know if that, if that's the right, right fit for him. Um, he, this is an interesting one because I was positive. He was the number two keeper already. Um, you know, when, when nations league started, and then Ethan Horvath happened. <laughs> and I, I, I don't think it's like I've listened to a lot of really smart people over the last, um, you know, three or four weeks after that tournament and just say it's not even a discussion at this point. You know, Ethan Horvath is very clearly the number two. Um, so at this point, Matt Turner's fighting for that third roster spot. And again, do you want to give it to a guy like Matt Turner? Or do you want to give it to, you know, a young guy with a high ceiling, you know, is going to be involved in the program for the next 15 years? Um, you know, I, I, I think that Matt Turner has to have an excellent tournament because otherwise, um, you know, the, the argument is kind of moot with, with Horvath playing as well as he, he did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, there, there's a lot of players that could break out on here, but let's go over. You know, we've talked a lot about the roster, but let's narrow it down to your ideal starting 11. Who do you think, like, uh, if, if you're getting, uh, getting up to watch this game, what makes you the happiest to see in that starting 11? <laughs> what makes me the happiest? Well, so this is, this is how I w- would do it, um, just given the roster selections that we've got. I would have Turner at keeper. Um, I'd start Bello at left back. Miles Robinson at center back um, alongside of Walker Zimmerman, Reggie Cannon at right back. So that's, that's my back line. I'd have Busio at the six, Legette and Williamson at the eights. Um, I'd have Hoppy playing on the left uh, as an inverted winger. 
uh, DK up front, Ariel on the right. And if you kind of think about, about the roster construction there, the, your right side is pretty veteran heavy. You've got Ariel has got high motor and can kind of keep, lock things down defensively and create a little bit of get specifically against some of the weaker teams in the region. Um, so you, you know what you're getting out of Ariola. Cannon's going to be fine against this competition um, and knows what he's doing, knows what he's up against. And he's kind of got that, that fire and that fighting spirit um, that you like to see. So that your, your right side's really strong. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, this gives us a couple, a couple interesting points, data points to look at. Busio has a six, Bellow at the left back, um, Hoppy at the left wing. And so you've also got Legette kind of in the middle connecting, um, you know, for those three players. And I, I think that that could work out really well. Um, obviously, DK up front to see if, if he can have a big tournament. Yeah, just one follow-up question on that. Uh, so you talked a little bit about experience, but who would you give the captain's armband to for this tournament? <laughs> oh, boy. That's a really good question. I mean, it's it, it just with the roster construction, it's got to be Sebastian Legit. Uh, he's the, he's the guy that Berhalter trusts the most, and he's kind of the veteran presence in the room. He's been, he's the bridge between the European and the MLS guys. So he's gotta, he's gotta be wearing the armband. Well, let's go on from the roster and really look at this tournament from a bird's eye view. Vince, very simply, what should the expectation for the U S men's national team be at this gold cup? Even if this is our, what do we call it? A C level roster. We have to be expected to at least make the final. Uh, I would say that we should be expecting to win um, if Mexico didn't call their A team, essentially. Um, I was surprised to see that. I thought that Mexico was going to do something similar to us and, and uh, you know, rest some of their guys for World Cup qualifiers. But I think that they probably pivoted after the Nations League loss. And so they figured <laughs> yeah. they need to have some trophy this summer. Um, and so I, let's, let's just say this team should still get to the final. Um, I don't, don't think that they probably have enough to beat Mexico, but I'll be rooting my damnedest and hoping that they do. Okay. Well, are you, are you worried at all about the run to the final? Because when you look at this group, when you look at Canada, Martinique, and Haiti, we've had some pretty precarious wins, to say the least, against uh, Haiti and Martinique. We obviously lost that one Nations League game against Canada. And even outside of this group, we're going to face either the winner or the runner-up of, I believe it's Group C, which will likely be either Jamaica or Costa Rica. You know, when we have this B or C level team, do you think we'll have enough to get over these pretty sizable roadblocks in our way? I, I'm not worried about the group. Canada, Canada is going to be a sleeper for this for this you know tournament. I think that their their ranking in the FIFA World Rankings is is just low. Um, I think that they're a better team than a lot of people give them credit for, and I think that they're learning how to win together. Um, their time together in the uh, uh, World Cup qualifying. Uh, what did they call it? The, you know, the, the first stage of World Cup qualifying before mm-hmm. we get to the Ocho this fall. Um, I actually think that, that benefited them. I don't think that they were in any danger whatsoever throughout those games. I just think that they were learning some chemistry, how they want to play in, in, in the Ocho and figure out exactly, um, you know, whose role is going to play what and whatnot. So I think that they they benefited from that and they're going to probably carry that over into this tournament. I think that they'll do really well. It, they should finish second in our group. 
if not, if, if not, you know, hopefully they won't beat us, but they're, I think they're a stronger team than people give them credit for. I don't think we're going to exit the group stage. Let's put it that way. So I'm not, I'm not worried about the group. Um, that Canada game should be the, the decider for the group winner. Um, if we finish runner up, we would be playing Mexico in the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be worrisome. Um, if we win, we'll likely be playing in my opinion, Costa Rica. Um, I know that J- Jamaica's, is kind of a collection at this point of solid talent, if not a team. So we'll see what they bring. I think we'll have enough for either of them, to be honest. Costa Rica is probably, um, probably better, but I think that we've, we've kind of proven that we can, we can handle um, this generation of Costa Rica talent, no matter who, um, who's on the field. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about the quarterfinal. Um, if we play Mexico ahead of schedule on the semis, then, and that's when, yeah, that's when I think we could exit her a little bit early. All right. Well, at one point in this tournament, would you become disappointed with this team? Is it a semifinal exit or is it just a, a, a bad showing in the group? What gives you kind of the warning signs that this tournament has not been a success or has met expectations? They need to handle Martinique. They need to handle Haiti. Um, they need to, I, they, again, Canada is better than I think a lot of people give themselves credit for. So I'm hedging my bets a little bit on that. I don't think we're going to blow them away. Um, I think it'll be a close game. So that's not going to set off any alarm bells for me, specifically because we have our C team out there. If, if, if we had our A team, yeah, sure. That, that, then mm-hmm. I would start to get worried. But knowing we're going against Canada's A team with our C team, and if it's a close game, I, I'm not going to be setting off any alarm bells. If we lose in the quarterfinals or the semifinals, if it, 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 then, then I'm going to be pretty upset. Even if we do finish second in the group, play Mexico in the semifinals and lose um, – I'll be a little bit pissed off that we lost the group. I, I think that we should at least draw Canada. So if we beat, if we beat Haiti, beat Martinique um, and handle our business between them, I don't think we should be worried about a draw with Canada and, and, you know, having the group up for grabs. Now that we we've kind of talked about like uh, your expectations for the U S MNT, but who other than the U S MNT do you think are most likely to win this tournament? Mexico's obviously they're going to win this tournament. (laughs) Let's just kind of be realistic. I'm rooting for us. Obviously I don't think the C level U S team is going to beat the, you know, a or B plus Mexico team. I I don't think it's realistic for us to even expect that. I hope that we play with them whenever we play with them, but I think, you know, we proved what we've got in nations league and I'm not worried if this team um, loses to them. The, uh, so, so that's obviously number one. I think Honduras um, has the veteran, you know, presence. I think that they're they're a very very difficult team to play against and could surprise some people. And again, I'm I'm just going to bring Canada back up. I think they're going to go pretty deep. Those those are my semifinalist picks. I, I think Honduras, um, Mexico, and and uh, uh, Mexico and Canada and the U.S. should should get to the semifinals. So those those are my picks. I mean, I I just had a, a follow up question on this because I've seen I've heard a little bit about this and heard and heard a little bit of chatter about it, but Qatar being included in this, mm-hmm. do you think they have a chance of doing? any damage in this tournament because you know they did pretty well in their world cup qualifying group they didn't do terrible at all so do you think that they have a chance of 
you know, kind of shocking everything. I think it would be hilarious if not disappointing. <laughs> um, I, I, the only thing I know about, about Qatar, to be honest with you, is what you just said. I, I knew that they did well in their World Cup qualifying group. Um, I don't know anything else about them. I haven't watched them play or anything like that, so I couldn't begin to, to speak educatedly about them. Um, I, I do know that the strength of the Asian region isn't the strength of CONCACAF, even if we, even if CONCACAF's not to the level of, say, South America, Europe. Um, so it would be pretty disappointing for somebody that doesn't run the Asian region to come in and, and um, you know, do well in ours. And our final question is not actually related to the Gold Cup at all. It's about the Euros in Copa America. Jack and I already gave our predictions on the finals. We'd like to hear yours real quick. Who is winning the Euros? Who is winning the Copa America? Well, for Copa America, you know, I have to go with my boy Messi. I, right. I understand All Brazil right. is probably one of the biggest teams in the world right now. They're 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 playing on a, at another level, especially defensively. But I don't know. There's something there's something in there. You, you see that bloody sock last night. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, he's yeah, got he's yeah. got the whole like Red Sox reverse the curse going. I, I don't know. Um, there might just be something, some team of destiny thing for Argentina. Maybe this is Messi's moment finally. For the Euros, I'm I'm gonna have to go. Uh, I'm gonna have to go Italy. I, I've just been so unimpressed with with the uninspiring results of the England team um you know they need to they needed a, a crap penalty decision today um you know to beat Denmark they had such an easy road in my opinion you know Germany this is probably the worst Germany team I can remember um to be honest with you I I, I wasn't impressed by that result and that was the only good they've beaten in this tournament so I I'm just not I'm, I haven't been very impressed all right. All right. Well, we'll see if those results and your predictions hold up. But Vince, thank you so much for joining us uh, once more. It's great to have you back. Do you have any uh, plugs to give the listeners here? Just give me give me a follow at USMNT Thoughts. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about the U.S. Uh, men's national team. But like you guys said earlier, I, I, I really just speak about soccer from an American perspective and an American lens. So anything that that um, I think benefits the game domestically here in the U.S., um, you know, I, I sometimes put on my, uh, you know, my my management consultant lens and talk about business, the business of the sport. So you'll kind of yeah. hear some of that. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things and perspectives that I try to bring. Um, and I always try to be fair. I'm not, I'm not like a, a troll on Twitter. I just, I just try to try to talk about the, I, I, I always say like, I'm the opinion column, um, of the USMNT. That's, that's what it is. Well, thank you again so much for joining us, Vince. It was great to have you. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Hope to be back on again. Thank you for listening to this episode of the final third. Of course, thank you to Vince from at USMNT underscore thoughts for providing his perspective on the gold cup, the roster, the expectations, all of that fun stuff for the USMNT in this summer showdown. Uh, you know, if if you're interested in this show, if you liked it, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's a great place to see our thoughts on the U.S. men's national team and other uh, teams, even though they might not be as profound all the time <laughs> as Vince's. And oftentimes they're just me screaming at goals. That's very and true. And that's about it. <laughs> but it's still fun regardless. So you should follow on there anyway. And you can see us double tweet about events as we both live tweet without even knowing it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for the time when 
someone that you like scores a goal but i don't like scores a goal and it's like two very <laughs> different reactions i'm i'm waiting for that moment just chaos yeah just chaos <laughs> like if Giroud ever scores against west ham like that's gonna be <laughs> complete chaos on the on the timeline oh my god <laughs> uh, but as always uh the links for our guests are always down in the show notes down below so go give vince and uh, him a follow so Go do that. Go also follow us on any podcast platform that you listen to us on. Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review and rating there as well. And as always, guys, as always, tell a friend about the show. Tell your father, your dad, your padre. Is that is that dad in, in Spanish? I, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. that's that's correct. Tell yeah. him about the show. I, I'm waiting to hear about how our listeners are telling their dads about the show i want i want i want our twitter followers to just be uh the sons and the fathers following us like i I want that (laughs) outreach so go and if there's any if there's any french speakers out there appelez son uh son père as well there you go tell your dad yeah exactly we got all the (laughs) quebec and and french listeners there there you go there we go uh so We'll see you guys next Monday for our predictions, a news and predictions show with a special guest, I will say. And we'll see you guys next Thursday, same time, same place for our deep dive episode. See ya. Bye for now.